Sunday night, we began a new Sunday evening series called Faith Is. And we're going to take several weeks, I think probably about eight weeks, to look at different elements of faith from the Bible. And of course, faith is, you know, there's no way you could cover that entire topic in, in you know, a couple of months' time. But we're just going to look at eight different uh, angles of, of faith from the Bible. And last week we saw that faith is confident. And why is faith confident? Because faith truly believes that God's word is true, and it truly believes that, that if God said he can do it, then he can do it. It truly believes that when we pray in the name of Jesus, that things can happen. And so last week, part one, we saw that faith is confident. And this week, we're going to look um, at, at part two of our series, and it's this, faith is vocal. Faith is vocal. It speaks up uh, in the name of Jesus for the things that, that we need in this life. And, you know, I, I, a story that I think of is the story of Blind Bartimaeus. You know, you're probably familiar with that. Before we jump into the lesson here, uh, Blind Bartimaeus has been blind his whole life. He's standing beside the road one day, and he hears that Jesus of Nazareth is coming down the pike. And so he starts shouting at the top of his lungs, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And everybody says, man, somebody shut Bart up. He's going to you know, scare everybody. Bart, be quiet. And, and it says, uh, the more that people told him to shut up, the louder that he began to yell, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he will cause such a commotion that he got the attention of Jesus. And Jesus, out of everybody there, he steps over to the side of the road and he says, hey, young man, what, what, what is it you want me to do for you? And he says, Rabbi, I want to see. And so Jesus said, go, your faith made you whole. And Bartimaeus, he was instantly healed, and he was no longer blind. He had never seen a single thing in his whole life, and here he is healed because he spoke up to his problems. And so many times I see, you know, so many awesome Christians that they're suffering with something. They've got something going on in their life. And, and they just, they don't really just get up and fight for it. They, they, they're just kind of quiet about it. And, well, maybe one of these days the Lord will, will take this burden away. Golly, I hope that someday God will do something. And I just don't know if it's his will. And listen to me. Faith is confident and faith is vocal. If the word of God says that you don't have to be depressed and miserable your whole life, then, dear Lord, why would you want to why would you live that way? I'm not going to live my life that way. If God's word says life can be better than that, I'm going to step up and I'm going to say, whoa, Lord, your word says right here that the joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm going to speak up and I'm going to be vocal about it and I'm going to say something. But I'm not going to be one of those guys that just sits there and, and keeps my mouth shut and, and, you know, lets the devil slap me around through the rest of my life. It is not going to be that way for me. I'm going to speak up and I'm going to be vocal about the, the promises of God. And so what we're going to look at tonight is this. You know, prayer is one of the most powerful resources that we've been given. That is one of the weapons that God has blessed us with. But there's another thing in Scripture that Jesus often did in conjunction with prayer whenever he faced a situation or a mountain. And, you know, we're going to look at that tonight in Mark 11 in a few minutes. But, but Jesus not only prayed, but he specifically spoke to the problems. 
And then later on, he said, I've given you the authority to use my name at the end of Matthew. And so here we are when we're faced with problems. Yes, I, I pray about situations, but there are times for you to rise up and in the name of Jesus, speak to that mountain and say, mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea in the name of Jesus. Get out of here. And there's a time and a place for that. And we're going to look at some of this stuff tonight. But listen. You need to be vocal with your faith and use the authority that Jesus gave to you to break the power of the devil. Because there's no reason for you to not live the life that God promised for you. And that's one thing that we're all about here at High Desert Word Center is we want to see you live the life that God intended for you to live. He wants you healthy. He wants you provided for. He wants you to be joyful and peaceful and have a blessed family. He wants all those things. And so that is what I'm aiming for in this life. And yeah. If the devil's coming and trying to take that away, I'm going to be confident and I'm going to be real vocal and I'm going to speak the word of God and, and watch what God can do in my life. So we're going to go ahead and open in prayer here and we're going to get into this and, and see what, what the Bible has to say tonight. So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you so much, Lord, for your word and that you have given us a, a blueprint to live our life by, God. We don't have to wander aimlessly through life wondering what to do or, or how we're going to make it, Lord. We just need to look to your word, your instruction manual for our life. So I pray tonight that as we open the word that we're going to see some things that you really want us to see and you are going to absolutely change our lives tonight. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. All right, point number one tonight is this, is that sometimes, sometimes Jesus spoke to the problem rather than just praying about it. Sometimes. Now, you see instances of Jesus praying, and then there's sometimes where he just spoke to that mountain with authority. And so I want you to open your Bibles tonight to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. Amen. It's okay to get excited. Am I at the right church? <laughs> All right. So Mark chapter 11, and we're going to look at a, a few verses here. And this is a story of Jesus using some of the authority. But look, Mark chapter 11, starting at verse 13, it says, And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. And so Jesus is getting ready to use this tree to prove a powerful point. And you're like, Jesus talked to a tree. Yes, Jesus talked to a tree right here. So you know what? You can think that's weird or whatever, but Jesus did it. And why? Because he's getting ready to prove a spiritual lesson to his disciples. And it says very plainly, the disciples heard what Jesus said. They heard it. So let's go down to uh, verse 20. Down to verse 20. It says, Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. And so this is incredible, you know, and it's like, this, why would Jesus do this? Because he's proving a point. And talk about, you know, this is the power of God right here that Jesus just spoke to this tree and he said, no one is ever going to eat fruit from you again. And by the next morning, this tree was completely dried out and dead. 
And I mean, you know, we I see trees die off in the desert here when they don't get water. But it takes more than a day. You know, it, it usually takes a long time of not watering thing. But Jesus right here, he spoke to this and said, no one's going to ever eat fruit from you again. And by the next morning, within a matter of hours, this thing had dried out by the roots. And Jesus was proving a spiritual lesson right here. Notice that Jesus didn't, you know, stop there and, and pray, uh, Lord, p- please, God, God, Heavenly Father, do something about this tree. Father, Father, Father God, we just, Father God, come to you, Father God, in the name of Father God. You know, please do something about He didn't do any of that. He said, may nobody ever eat from you again. And boom, it happened. So now the disciples, they're just absolutely, they're shocked. Peter's like, oh, my, Rabbi, I, did you see that tree? And Jesus, he's not surprised, and he doesn't say, oh, my gosh, Peter, something happened. I just, I didn't expect anything to happen, Peter. Golly, wow. No, Jesus wasn't surprised at all. Look what happens here. He's getting ready to lay one of the most, uh, I mean, just powerful things, passages of Scripture that we have right here. So, Mark 11, would one of the ushers please, I'm sorry to interrupt, move these fans from blowing my Bible around all night. That's going to get super annoying. All right. You can give the congregation that cool fan. I don't need it right now. Thank you so much. Uh, but look at right here, verses 22 through 24. And so Peter says, you know, hey, man, Jesus, look at this. This thing is actually withered away. And look at this, verse 22. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Wow. And, you know, that sounds like such a, you know, simple thing to say. So basic. Well, duh. You're a Christian. Have faith in God. But Jesus, they're, they're, they're surprised that something happened. Jesus isn't surprised. He just says, listen, have faith in God. You've got to have faith in God. When you speak to something, have faith in God that he's going to take care of it. And so look at this, verse 23. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. He will have, you know, as the King James of there, he shall have whatsoever he saith. And there's so many different elements to cover just out of that one verse right there. But notice that he says, whosoever says to this mountain. So does that mean just, did he say, okay, listen to this. Whichever you 12 disciples says to this mountain, be thou removed. No, he said, whosoever. And so many times people want to look at, a, at a, you know, this scriptures like this. I mean, well, he was talking to the 12. That doesn't apply to everybody. Well, and I'm like, okay, so that means half of the Bible I can't stand on for myself because he was just talking to the 12 disciples right there. Well, then John 3.16 was only for Nicodemus, man. He was talking to Nicodemus. That doesn't mean for everybody. Of course it means everybody. And, and, you know, John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish. And in this same verse, he says, whosoever. So if John 3, 16 applies to whosoever can be saved, why wouldn't this apply to whosoever can speak to the mountains in their life and cast them into the sea? Why would that not work? Well, the answer is this, is that it does apply to everybody. This wasn't just for the 12 disciples. And we know that these mountains here, it's, you know, more figuratively speaking to the problems in your life. Now, I suppose if there was an actual need for you, um, 
physical mountain to move. God could do it because all things are possible with God. But, you know, we're talking about things that are trying to hold you back in life. And so Jesus said, anybody, whosoever says to the mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. And then he says, and does not doubt in his heart. That's this one of the biggest parts of this whole thing right here. And whoever does not doubt in his heart. Because I've seen a whole lot of people, they'll read a verse like this and they're like, okay, well, you know, I guess it wouldn't hurt. I've tried everything else. I'll give it a shot. You know, okay, um, mountain be removed in Jesus' name. Nothing happened. What, 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 nothing happened. And listen, it's more than just saying the words, be thou removed. It says you've got to believe in your heart and not doubt. You've got to get to this place where Jesus said in verse 22, have faith in God. You've got to have faith in God that he's able to do what his word says he can do. And so if there is a mountain in your life, if there is something trying to hold you back, trying to destroy your life, Jesus said you could speak to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and if you believe and don't doubt, you will have whatsoever you sayeth, it says. Whatsoever you say, you are going to have that. And look at verse 24 here. It says, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, okay? So we've got say in verse 23, and then pray in verse 24. Believe that you receive them, and you will have them. And that is such a beautiful and powerful verse for us Christians to, to read. And I mean, that should excite you right there, that when we pray, when we say, and we ask for something in line with God's will, in line with his words, it says nothing can hold that back. You will have whatsoever you say. You will have those things that you pray for. And again, a lot of people are like, well, that's, that's a pretty bold thing to say. I don't know. Are you sure, Jesus, that, you know, we can have anything? If it's in line, according to 1 John 5, if it's in line with his word, yeah, absolutely. And so some people are like, well, I, I feel guilty, you know, praying for we really need a new car. Ours is, you know, it's on its last legs. And I don't want to be selfish. I don't want, you know, praying for a car for me when so many people are worse off. I'm like, I don't feel bad. If I need that, I'm going to pray for it. And I absolutely believe that God is going to bring it in because God supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory, Philippians 4:19. And so if God's word promised something to me, you can call me selfish all day long, but I want it. I want every single thing that God wants for us to have. And so right here, boom, if you say it and you believe it in your heart and you don't doubt, it says you will have whatsoever things you say. And this absolutely does work. I was thinking of, you know, uh, this one time we were taking a family trip. My my mom's family is all from the East Coast, okay, in the New England area. Unfortunately, a lot of them are New England Patriots fans, so we're trying to cast that spirit out of them. But, yeah, oh, like Tom Brady, my gosh. So, anyway, but we're, we're going to get take care of that one issue. But we're out there visiting, and uh, we're driving through the, the mountains out there in Pennsylvania, and uh, when I was a little kid, we had this old Volkswagen Vanagon. 
All right, and hey, those are lots of fun. But we're going through the mountains, and somehow, I, my dad tells a story, but the, the muffler got loose, and like the whole thing just crash falls off, and, and it's gone. I don't know if it fell down a mountain somewhere, fell down the cliff or what. So we're on the side of this mountain, and you can imagine how loud that is going up mountains, you know, in your van again with no muffler. It's, I mean, it's loud. It's not cool at all. And so my dad's standing there, and, and he's like, man, what are we going to do? You know, we've still got a couple hundred miles to go. And, and, he's, and he's, this verse comes to his mind. Well, he said, what's the thing soever we desire when we pray, believe we receive? You know, he said, we can speak to the mountain, and, and, you know, we'll have whatsoever we say. So my dad right there, he's like, God, I need a muffler. I'm not being selfish. I need a muffler. And so I say in the name of Jesus that I'm, I've got a muffler. And so, I mean, he just walks, you know, a little bit off the road there, and boom, there's a beautiful muffler laying right there. And it fit, fit perfectly, and he's got some tools and stuff. So he gets the muffler on there and everything and hops in the van again, and we're in our hippie little way, happy little way all the way back up to Rhode Island. And it was a, just a beautiful thing. But listen, you're like, man, this stuff sounds crazy. You guys are crazy. I, man, I don't care. If it works, it works, and I'm fine with that. And so, absolutely, and, and I was thinking of another time Brother Hagen tells this story. Of, it was during the Great Depression, and he, was, uh, he had just got started in preaching. And you probably hear us talk about Brother Hagen all the time, but that's, I went to his Bible school in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So, I'm, you know, yeah, I follow a lot of his books, and so does my dad. So, anyway, but, um, but some, during the Depression, uh, you know, people didn't have a lot of stuff. And so, he had two pairs of, of preaching pants, basically. He had, you know, his black pair and his blue pair. And so he's off at, you know, working on the farm or whatever one day. And he comes home and somebody stole his preaching pants. You're like, that doesn't sound like a very big deal. Well, if you've got two pairs of pants and someone steals them, that's a really big deal. And so, and so, you know, he was, he knew these verses. And so instead of, you know, flipping out and, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I can't go to church in my overalls and preach. I, well, I have no, oh my goodness, this is awful. Someone stole from me, blah, blah, blah. Instead of just flipping out, he says, all right, you know what? I've got authority in the name of Jesus. I say right now in the name of Jesus, whoever took those pants, they're back here by Friday evening so I can get them ready for Sunday morning. In Jesus' name, it's a done deal. And I, this is like on a Monday or Tuesday or something. Thursday, he comes home. His pants are folded neatly, hanging in the closet, and they were returned. And, and you know what I mean? And, and they were just right there. And so you're like, well, that doesn't sound like too big of a deal. It is if that's all you've got and you need that. That's a huge deal. And so if there is a problem in your life, absolutely pray for it. But I'm telling you, too, you can speak to the mountain in the name of Jesus, you can be vocal and speak up and say something about it. You don't have to suffer through this life. Now, I, now we, this is another important thing to point out is this, is that we don't have authority over other people. This is an area where, you know, we sometimes see people getting into danger, uh, you know, like, okay, oh, man, that's a pretty girl over there. I'm going to, um, Jesus' name, that's my wife. I claim her in the name of Jesus. It's like, no, you don't have authority over other people. You have authority over problems and situations that the devil is trying to bring into your life. And, and so you don't have authority over other people, but you have authority over the devil. And I'll give you an example. When I was, um, let's I, 
I guess 17 or 18, I worked at FedEx in Indianapolis at the airport, and it's a really big operation there. It's the it's the second largest FedEx hub in the world. For whatever reason, they picked Indianapolis. So there's like 6,000 employees, lots of lots of people, and all this stuff. And so in my little work group of you know 50 people or whatever, there was this one guy that he just really liked picking on me and making fun of me because basically because I you know I'm a Christian and you know I don't even at any job I don't go out there and rub it in people's faces and you know and condemn them. But I live my life. And and I was in, you know, one of the craziest things was I, I, Katie and I got engaged at 18, and all these people, they were just so mad and upset at me. What are you doing? You never even lived with her. What's your problem? You're a nut. And I, man, people were mad at me. And so this guy thought it was hilarious that we were getting married, and we didn't try it before we buy it. You know what I mean? You know, you know what I'm Okay, it's all right. So we stayed pure and we didn't go that route. We uh, saved ourselves until marriage. And so, I mean, he, for whatever reason, I don't even know how he found this up, but he just saw this. So every day I'd come in and this guy, you know, oh, hey, hey, Reverend, how you doing? And I'm not a reverend. I'm just a kid. And, you know, just constantly every day, all day long. And, you know, finally I'm like, Lord, I love John and he needs you. Sure enough. But, I mean, I would just, it would be nice to work and not have to deal with this every day. And so it finally, it finally got me, man. It's not John I'm mad at. You know, sometimes the devil can just work through somebody to come in and try to trip you up. And the devil would have loved to get me to, you know, start being bitter, start being angry, start, you know, getting mad at this guy and talking back to him. And, oh, yeah, well, you're this, this, and this. And, you know, that's what the devil wants. And sometimes, man, he will plant somebody in your life just as small as that to come in and try to get to trip you up, man. He would love that. And so I saw right through this. So I'm like, okay, John is not my problem. The devil's the problem. And, and John here, you know, poor guy, he's yielding to the devil. And so on the way to work that day, I, was, I said this, in the name of Jesus, I bind the devil from working through John to come in and try to, you know, cause a ruckus today. I say in Jesus' name, he's going to be pleasant, he's going to be kind, and, and he's, we're just going to have a great day at work today. And so I get to work. Hey, how you doing, Dave? Man, good to see you. I've been waiting for you. And from that day forward, never, ever again did that guy give me one ounce of trouble. Ever again. Ever in fact, we became really good friends, and I was able to witness to him a lot and stuff. But I saw that it was the enemy. And so we don't have authority over people. I wasn't like, Lord, go do something to John. Smack him around, you know, do something. Cause him some pain, so we'll shut up. No, I said it was the devil operating through this guy. And so I spoke to that situation in the name of Jesus, and it absolutely worked. And so I'm telling you, you can speak to the mountains in your life, if there's something that's causing you trouble, something trying to steal your peace, your joy, your health, whatever it is, your family, speak up. Faith is vocal. And if the devil is messing with a family member, man, command him to quit in the name of Jesus. Do you, anybody have any family members that aren't quite exactly, you know, serving the Lord just yet? Yeah, we all do. And, you know, I mean, I've got a bunch of them. I've got, wow, I've got some real doozies uh, back in Indiana. I mean, just, woo. Um, anyway, so, but Brother Hagan also told this story about he had just been praying for years for his brother to get saved. Lord, save him. Oh, Jesus. 
save my brother, Lord. No, Jesus, save him. And, you know, Jesus did what he died on the cross already, okay? Jesus, the man needs to receive Jesus. And so anyway, he's, he's pleaded for years, oh, Lord, save him, save him, save him. And then one day he finally got the revelation. Man, what am I doing? I, I've been doing this for you know, 15 years and nothing's happened. And so he finally got, okay, I get it. The Bible talks about how the devil blinds the eyes and blinds the minds of those, uh, of those unsaved so they'll be closed to the gospel. And so he speaks up in the name of Jesus, and he says, Satan, in the name of Jesus, I break your power over my brother's life. I claim his deliverance, and I claim his salvation in the name of Jesus. And he said within two weeks' time, his brother was absolutely born again in church, serving God, never turned his back on the Lord for the rest of his life. But it took somebody breaking the power of the devil in the name of Jesus and speaking over this situation, not just pleading and pleading and pleading. And so I guess what I want to say is this, is that don't play around with the devil. If he's been causing you trouble, if, if, if there's an area that he's just been stealing, killing, and destroying, John 10.10, 10, it says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. If there's any area of your life that he's been doing that in, today is the day to stand up and speak up and say, no, in the name of Jesus, I command you to get out of this, to get out of this situation. And you've got to be bold about it. Like I said, don't be playing around with the devil. And there's this story. I, I, I've told you about Smith Wigglesworth, a very uh, just absolutely powerful man of God. From, uh, you know, from, uh, he died in 1948, but tons of miracles took place through his ministry. And he was a very bold man. In fact, I told you how, I mean, he went out and hit the streets witnessing every day. If he led any less than five people to the Lord, he went home feeling like a failure. Like, oh, man, what a day. Only four people got saved today. I can't believe that. And I, I'm like, man, that would be a great day. If, you know. But anyway, and so he said one day he was waiting at the bus stop in London. And this lady, she comes to the bus stop and her dog runs up. And she's like, Rover, go home. And the dog just sat there <laughs> looking at her. And, and she's like. Rover, go home. You can't be here, Rover. Just being all calm and nice. Sweetie, honey, go home. Go home. She keeps saying it. And finally, the bus pulls up. And she's like, get out of here. And the dog takes off running. And I mean, just beats her for home. And Smith speaks up and says, that's exactly like we should do to the devil. Because so many people are like, oh, if the devil would just leave me alone. Oh, it's getting bad. It's getting my job. Oh, he's picking on me. The devil's picking on me. He's after me. When you should be saying, in the name of Jesus, I command you to get out of my business. Get out of my family. Get out of my life. Get out of my job. Speak up. Quit playing patty cake with the devil and be serious about it. Believe that those things that you say shall come to pass and, and you will have whatsoever you say. But it takes somebody with some courage. It takes somebody with some guts to stand up and speak up and be vocal in the name of Jesus. So number one, sometimes Jesus spoke to the problem rather than just praying about it. But then number two, the reason for this is because we have spiritual authority. As a born-again Christian, we have spiritual authority. Now, that you know, unless you're a police officer or something, you don't have a lot of necessarily 
natural authority, okay, I can't go around commanding you, you know, I tell you right now, you will take me to Taco Bell after this service. You know, I don't have the authority to say that. Be nice. Oh, that'd be real nice. But but I can't just, I don't have that type of authority over people, but I have spiritual authority. So let me show you a verse here, Luke 10, verse 19. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Check this out. I love this right here. Again, are we at the right church, or is this the first church of the... Is this St. Mattress and Pastor Pillows preaching to you? Luke chapter 10. And we're going to look at verse 19. In fact, I'm going to back up to verse 17. All right, that won't be on the screen. But Luke 10, we're going to look at verses 17 through 19. And so it says this, when the 72 disciples returned, all right, so as we've said many times, there was more than just the 12 disciples. um, But right here, Jesus sent out 72 disciples and told them, you know, go out, heal the sick, cast out devils, do it all in my name, and then report back to me. And so here they come back. It says, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. And so they're all surprised about it, just like Peter was with the tree, like, we didn't, I mean, golly, we just didn't know. Even the, the devil obeys us when we use the name of Jesus. This is incredible. But look at this. Yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. And so we know that, that yes, Lucifer was in heaven. God kicked him out, and he didn't just say, hey, Lucifer, we're going to need you to leave, man. You're offending some of the people. Please leave. No, again, we're talking about bold here. God kicked his behind so hard out of heaven, it looked like lightning going through the sky. And Jesus saw the whole thing. He's like, yeah, man, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. God kicked him out fast and hard. But look at this. Verse 19, he says, look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. And you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. And so look at this word right here. He says, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. And so Jesus, he had this authority and he can choose to give it to whom he wants to. And so right here, he tells us, I've given you this authority over all the power of the enemy. How much power of the enemy? All of it. And so if there is something in my life that's being destroyed from the enemy, okay, I'm talking, again, any area, and it is something that is an attack from the devil, I have authority over it. I'm not going to let him do that. You know, what What if, you know, you, uh, you in your home, you have authority, it's your home, you own it. What if, you know, some little guy just comes up in your house and starts taking your taking your food, watching your TV, just taking all your stuff. I mean, and I, I don't know about you, but I'd be like, listen, bro, get out. This ain't your house. This is mine. Get out. Because I have the authority in my house to kick somebody out if I need to. And if they're coming in there stealing, taking my stuff, breaking my stuff, causing a ruckus, causing damage, I'm going to kick them out. And Jesus said, I have given you authority over all the works of the enemy. And so if the devil is coming into your life and doing this, you have every right to use the name of Jesus and kick him out. And that's the thing. You've got to use the name of Jesus 
because that's the name above every other name. There's this story in the book of Acts. Maybe you, you're familiar with this, but it's called the seven sons of Sceva. And so there's this guy named Sceva, and he has seven sons. So they're the seven sons of Sceva. So anyway, uh, they, they have seen Paul casting out devils and stuff. And so they're like, oh, man, this is cool. We ought to try this out. And so they come up to this possessed guy, and they say, in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches. And, and basically, they're using the name of Paul, not the name of Jesus. It says the devil, you know, the demons came out and beat these seven boys up and left them naked, and, and they went running for their lives. And why is that? Because they weren't really believing in the name of Jesus. They were trying to throw Paul's name out there. And so the devil, and in fact, the demon said, okay, we know Jesus and we know Paul, but who are you? I don't know you, man. Who are you? And so, you know, that's what happened. So we've got to, again, use the authority in the name of Jesus. It's the name above every other name. Everything has to bow its knees to the name of Jesus. And that's not just talking about people. I'm talking about any circumstance in the name of Jesus. It has to bow its knees. And so I want to show you something here in Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Amen. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 18 through 19. Let's check this out. But we have authority, and it's been given to us by Jesus. He said to go on out and do this. Back in Mark 16, he said, in my name... You'll cast out devils. You lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. But Ephesians chapter 1, verses 18 through 19. And Paul, right here, this is a great passage of Scripture to look at. But Ephesians 1, verses 18 through 19, it says, I pray, Paul's saying, that your hearts will be flooded with light so you can understand the confident hope He has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. But look at verse 19. He says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. Paul is praying that we will understand the incredible greatness of God's power that is available to those that believe in him. And it goes on to say it's the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and lives on the inside of you. And can you, I mean, if you can even possibly wrap your mind around that, which none of us fully can, but imagine the power that took place that day when Jesus was risen from the dead. I mean, it knocked these guards down. You know, everything shook and all this stuff. And, and, and Jesus, he, death couldn't hold him down. He comes back to life. And he's, he's alive, he's well, he defeats death. And here it says the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives on the inside of you. So my question is, that, why would we not be confident in, in that case? Why would we be afraid to speak up? Why would we be, you know, a, a, a timid and shy and, and bashful about the things in our life? No, the, I, we have every reason to be bold to be confident, to be vocal, to speak up in the name of Jesus, because not even death could hold the power of God back 
Not even death could stop Jesus. And here he is and says, man, that same power is living on the inside of you if you've got me living in you. And guess what? You, I'm giving you the right to use my name. You've got a problem? Use my name. Use the name of Jesus. And, I mean, how great is that that he's given us that? Have you ever, you know, maybe had, you know, a, a friend that had uh, authority in a certain area? Maybe they owned a business or they were somewhere. And they're like, listen, you go in there and you tell them that I sent you. You just throw my name out there. You tell them I sent you. They'll take care of you. In a couple of weeks ago, I was having some AC trouble. And a, a guy was like, hey, I'm a part owner of this shop over here. You go in there. Tell them my name. Tell them I sent you. They'll take care of you. I'm like, okay. So I go in there. Hey, so-and-so sent me. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll take care of that right now. Because, hey, his name carried some authority around there. His name had some power. And guess what? Even better than that is that we can use the name of Jesus every day of our lives. And his name, man, there's some weight behind that name. There's some power behind that name if we will speak up and use it. But the problem is, okay, he said, this authority is yours, this power is yours. So many people, they just don't know what belongs to them. So they don't use it. Isn't that sad? That you, that, I mean, you have something that could change your life, and so many people, they just, they don't even know that they have it. They don't even know that it's there. You know, another story that, that I heard of from Brother Hagin, he said, one time he ran out of gas on the side of the road, and, and he's like, oh, man, I can't mean to get gas, but... I just I didn't I didn't quite have the the cash right then and so he's digging through his wallet and he finds a twenty dollar bill that he had hidden in there and the and the crazy thing was he said like man I had what it took to fix this problem the whole time but I didn't know what belonged to me I didn't use what belonged to me and so here I am suffering and the same thing's true with so many Christians they just don't know what rightfully belongs to them and so they're not using it. Jesus said, hey, you can use my name. Go for it, man. Use my name. Use my name and speak to the situations. And so that is something that we should be doing is using the name of Jesus and speaking to the situations because at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so... You have authority because you have his name. And the third thing we're going to say tonight is this. Number three is that you just simply have to speak the word. Speak the word. Amen. So many times people are like, well, I mean, I, I just I don't know what to pray. I don't know what to say. Man, just go get you a good Bible verse. And if nothing else, you speak that verse out right there. And that's the that's the absolute best thing you can do. And so I want to show you a story here in Matthew chapter 4. Matthew 4. Now, check this out. This is the story of the devil coming to, he tried to actually come and tempt Jesus. I mean, how dumb is that? And, and so, listen, if the devil tried to come and tempt Jesus, don't think that, you know, he's not going to try to come and, and, and bring temptation into your life. And so right here, the devil comes and he tries to tempt and to test Jesus. Jesus we're talking about here. And so um, we're going to look at this. Matthew chapter 4, verses 2 through 11, because Jesus gave us the absolute perfect example on how to handle the devil when he comes in. So check this out. Jesus went out into the wilderness to go there and pray. Verse 2 says, for 40 days and 40 nights. He fasted and became very hungry. 
Can you imagine going 40 days without food? 40 days? That's insane. 40 days? And I mean, that's the human body at that point would definitely be starting to have some issues. And so, but Jesus, and you got to remember, you know, we're like, oh, well, he's Jesus. It doesn't count. He lived in a human body, man. He had to eat. He had to sleep. He was living as a human being here. So, yeah, he had to do all these things that we have to do. He had to eat, sleep, drink water, all this stuff. And so after 40 days, he'd been fasting and praying. And it says he became very hungry. And when you're at a moment of physical weakness like this, it's the perfect time for the devil to come in and try to catch you off guard. And so Satan sees, okay, here's my chance right now. Golden opportunity. Jesus is feeling pretty weak. I can come in and try something here. And so the devil comes in. So verse 3 says, During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. I mean, talk about that's probably really tempting. Jesus has this authority and power. And so Satan's like, okay, prove yourself, Jesus. You've got all this power and authority. Wouldn't it be nice to have some bread right now? You can turn those stones into bread. Let's see what you can do. And Jesus, you think he's going to stand there and take orders from the devil? Absolutely not. Look at what Jesus does. But Jesus told him, and he says, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so Jesus, boom, he's got an answer for him right there. And notice that Jesus, he was bold. He was vocal. I see an exclamation point behind that. No, he said, no, the scriptures say, and then he speaks to him. All right. So look at this. You think the devil is just going to give up after one try? No. He's probably not going to give up after one try from you. He's going to come back. So look at this. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands. So you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. And so here's the devil so sickening and perverted coming in, trying to twist the scriptures and, and get Jesus to commit suicide and, and jump off of this temple. And so he's like, come on, you're the son of God. If you are who you say you are, prove it, Jesus. Here's your chance. Jump off, you know, the angel. And I can just imagine this mocking, sarcastic voice through the devil right here. Prove yourself. If you think you're all that, come on, let's see it. Put up or shut up. And he's just saying, and look what Jesus says once again. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. So again, you think the devil's, no, he comes on back for a third time. It says next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. He says, I'll give it all to you if you'll kneel down and worship me. And you're like, well, how could he do that? Well, we know that until Jesus comes again, Satan is, as Second Corinthians 4, 4, it says, he is the God of this world, God with a small g, because Adam sold, sold this whole thing out. So anyway, Satan, he's the currently the, the, the in charge of this world, okay? He's not in charge of us because we, we've submitted to, uh, to the lordship of Jesus. But that's why so many crazy bad things can happen in this world because God's not controlling the whole earth right now. Satan is. 
except for those people that will submit to Jesus. And so Satan, you know, Jesus, he's, he's right here. And, and Satan says, I'll, listen, I'll give all this to you. You, you, can have, you can have it all back if you'll just kneel down and worship me. Wow. What's Jesus going to do this time? But look at this. Jesus, verse 10 says, get out of here, Satan. Jesus told him, for the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. So out of this whole story, well, verse 11, something interesting. He says, and the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. So the angels did come and, and, and take care of him. But out of this whole story, Jesus showed us exactly what to do with the devil. Do you notice what he did all three times that the devil came? He spoke scriptures to him. Every single time Jesus said, no, the scriptures say man shall not live by bread alone. No, the scriptures say you shall not tempt the Lord your God. No, the scriptures say you shall serve only the Lord your God. And so every single time Jesus responded by speaking the word of God. And that's the lesson that we've got to learn. When the devil comes in to our lives and and brings trouble, brings temptation, whatever, when he comes and brings something in, what you are to do is to speak the word of God. When he comes in and says, you're not going to make it this time. I know, yeah, the time's passed. You got lucky. But this time... This is the sickness is going to finally put you under, man. It's over this time. Good luck. What do you What do you do in that? You know, maybe you are facing a health issue, and Satan comes and he's feeding these lies, just shooting them right into your mind. Are you going to sit there and say, "Oh man, yeah, you're right. I I've been fortunate in the past, but I don't know this time." Listen, if those thoughts come to me, I am fully armed and prepared to go to battle, man. I've got a whole slew of healing scriptures. Uh, I mean that I have got. In my, in my mind and in my heart, I say, absolutely not, no, in the name of Jesus. First Peter 2.24 says that by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. Amen? We started this morning. Third John 2 says, beloved, I wish above all things that you'd prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Absolutely not. You're not killing me. You're not taking me down. No way. The scriptures say this. And you've got to be prepared to speak up and be vocal and use the word of God. Speak the word over your situation. Now, I remember there was one time a while back that I, I mean, I pretty bad needed about a thousand dollars and I needed it really quick. Have you ever been on a deadline? And I mean, you need it. And, and you know, you don't need it two years from now. You need it like next week. And so here I am, and, and man, and, you know, at first, I, I was, I'll admit it, I was like, man, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, maybe I could, do I need to sell stuff? Do I need to, what, what do I need to do? I have no idea what I'm going to do. And finally, man, it came to me, man, wake up, stupid. Come on, speak the word of God. Over, and so I, I start speaking it out, and I said, I, I spoke to the mountain, in the name of Jesus, I have $1,000 by this date. And it was like a week away. And, and you're like, well, that's, that's pretty bold, man. <laughs> that's pretty crazy. Are you sure you want to go out and do that? Because if it doesn't happen, you're going to look like a fool. And I'm like, man, in the name of Jesus. And I didn't doubt. I knew that this was going to happen. I didn't know how. And you don't always have to know how the mountain's going to move. You just know that God's going to move it. 
And so here I am, and I need this. And so I just, I said it, I, I boldly claimed it in Jesus' name, and I went about my business. And I am telling you, within two days, within 48 hours, from three separate sources, I had nearly $1,300 just dumped into my lap. From, from, I mean, stuff I never would have seen coming, just, just, I, just checks in the mail, people coming up, and all this. I didn't, I didn't tell anybody that I needed it. I am not the type of guy that I'm not going to go out. If I have a need, you're probably not going to hear about it. I'm not going to tell you about it because, you know, I'm private anyway. But, but I, don't, I don't need to tell people my needs and go on the Internet. Oh, golly, you know, I, I'm going to start a GoFundMe page. I need $1,000 by next week to, you know, that's not me. And so, listen, I spoke it up, and within 48 hours, there's just three separate sources more than what I needed. And do you think that I was happy? Oh, yeah. I was really happy because, the, uh, once again, the Word of God works. And, again, some would say, well, that's selfish. You're out there claiming money for yourself. Man, I needed it. God knew it was a need. And God said, I'll supply all your needs so as one of God's children, I don't have a right to expect my needs to be met. My children have every right to expect me to meet their needs. And I, I believe that God is going to meet my... He takes care of me, man. He's my father. Yes, we work hard. Yes, we do the, we know we do everything we can down here. But we know that in the end, God is our source. God is our supply. And so I absolutely spoke and said, yeah, God, this is what I need. I need it by then. And in Jesus' name, it's happening. And absolutely, it happened. And I'm telling you, time and time and time again, this has absolutely worked in my life. Absolutely. Why? Because we've got authority in the name of Jesus. There's just so many people, they don't realize that, so they never speak up and do anything about it. But what I'm here to tell you tonight is this. Faith is vocal. If you've got a need, if you've got trouble, if you've got a problem, if you've got a situation, don't just sit there and wish that it'll go away because it will not go away on its own. You know what I mean? Some people, they, they've got a disease and they just hope it'll go away, but they don't ever go do anything about it. It's not just going to fall off and, and go away on its own. You have got to stand up and be confident and use the authority and the name of Jesus that he's given you and say, I speak to this disease in the name of Jesus. I am healed by Jesus' stripes. Matthew eight seventeen says, Jesus came to take our sickness and remove our disease. I speak that right now in Jesus' name, and I believe it. And so all I'm saying is this, God has proven this in my life time and time and time again. Absolutely. And I'm encouraging you tonight, be vocal. Speak the word of God. Speak to the mountains in your life. And watch what God can do when you will obey his word. Nothing is impossible to him who believes. Nothing. There's not one thing in this world that God can't do and, and won't do for his children that believe and speak and trust in him to take care of their every need. Faith is vocal, it's confident, and God has good things in store for your life. you just got to start believing it and receiving it. Amen? All right, we're going to go ahead and end there tonight.